0: This is the Bartender Journey Podcast.
1: It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 227. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. On the show this week, our good friend Hazel, who works with me on the show, journeys to New Haven, Connecticut to check out their cocktail culture and chats with Dan Reck, beverage director for Fork Hospitality, and Tim Carble, who is uh, one of the owners of New Haven's oldest tavern, The Ordinary. But first, lots of other stuff to talk about. I told you last week that I heard from the fine people of Johnny Walker. They're releasing a limited edition of Johnny Walker Black, the director's cut. And it's in conjunction with the release of the film Blade Runner 2049, starring Harrison Ford, who was, of course, in the original Blade Runner movie. The movie was created by or directed by Dennis Villeneuve, who uh, collaborated with master blender Jim Beveridge, which is the most interesting name for uh, somebody in the beverage industry (laughs) it's p-e-v-e-r-i-d-g-e but it's got to be pronounced beverage right (laughs) anyway they collaborated to uh, create this great variation on johnny walker black it's really delicious it's smoky like the original but a little richer rounder even a little bit fruitier it's uh, 49% abv as opposed to the 40% of the original johnny walker black johnny walker blacks just a such a great scotch and i really enjoy this riff on it and it comes into this really crazy interesting looking futuristic bottle Uh, we'll have a couple pictures of that and even a short video from the from the marketing uh, department that shows the it, it explains probably better than i am doing right now about uh the the collaboration uh and the tie-in with this bottle and the movie so uh we'll have that for you on bartenderjourney.net as much as i am hesitant to mix anything into this fine whiskey we do need to do a cocktail of the week the original blade runner was based on a book by philip k dick called do androids dream of electric sleep so we'll use that amusing name for our cocktail of the week I used one and a half ounces of the Johnny Walker black label, the director's cut. Uh, you could substitute your regular Johnny Walker, I suppose, and it would come out just fine. Uh, we used half an ounce of Barrow's Intense Ginger Liqueur, which is a delicious uh, liqueur made in Brooklyn by one of our USBG New York members. Great stuff. Josh makes that great stuff in Brooklyn. I made uh, some grilled pineapple juice. So I just sliced up some pineapple, threw them on the grill about mm, three minutes on each side, and uh, juiced that, and it's uh, delicious. Half an ounce of fresh lemon juice. Half an ounce of honey syrup, one to one with uh, water, honey and water, and one dash of Fee Brothers molasses bitters. Uh, I shook that up, prepared a glass with a, an old-fashioned glass with one big, large ice cube, and uh, strained. I used a double strainer and poured the drink over the large ice cube. I used some freshly ground nutmeg on top, which is uh, delicious, and uh, yeah, I garnished it with a really cool. Um, well with a wedge of grilled pineapple pineapple but uh i skewered it onto this uh this uh skewer with a um it's a stirrer with a little robot on top <laughs> it's really cool so uh check you have to go to net and uh see a picture of that and there'll be a link up to uh where you can purchase some of those really cool uh stirrers from our friends at drinkwire and that cocktail came out really delicious by the way this industry news from bar institute The unrelenting hurricane season has already caused unspeakable damage in Texas and to the Caribbean. And as our dear friends in Puerto Rico prepare, well, this was before the hurricane, as they prepare for another very serious storm in Hurricane Maria, we have made the choice to postpone Bart Institute San Juan in the interest of everyone's safety and out of respect for the limited resources, including power, water, and food, that are now available on the island. So they rescheduled that to January 29-31 Twenty-nine through thirty-one, two thousand eighteen. Honestly, I'm not sure that's even going to happen. To p- tell you the truth, uh, I was talking to somebody at my bar last night, and uh, he's a finance guy, and he just came from a meeting with uh, clients who had significant uh, investments in in Puerto Rico, and apparently, it's really, really bad. So, uh, hopefully, they, hopefully things get better, and hopefully, uh, bar Institute goes on if, as planned. And hopefully, yeah, things get better for the people living in Puerto Rico. We posted last week on bartenderjourney.net about New York area industry events for hurricane relief. Look for that link uh, right underneath the show notes for this particular episode uh, on bartenderjourney.net slash podcast. If you're doing something, too, and would like to let us know what your bar is doing to help, let us know. Uh, Go to the contact page on bartenderjourney.net and let us know. If you've never been to a Bar Institute, I highly recommend you checking it out. There's great classes, brand-sponsored events, network opportunities. It's a great time and a great place to make some new industry friends. They'll be in Portland, Oregon, October 23rd through 25th, 2017, and in New York City, November 13th through 16th, and as I said, in San Juan is the plan, uh, but things look really bad in uh, Puerto Rico right now, but as planned right now, January 29 through 31, 2018, Bar Institute. Hey, you know, I think as a bartender or even an enthusiast who throws a lot of cocktail parties, being a great conversationalist, if I can get that out, is a great skill to have. You you need to have a lot of different stuff to talk about. Knowing a little about a lot can help your conversational skills. I think podcasts are a great way to learn stuff, and uh, you listen to podcasts. I know that for a fact because you can hear me talking right now. So I thought we'd try out a new segment called Unrelated Podcast Suggestion of the Week. We'll do a podcast suggestion that has nothing to do with bartending, cocktails, or spirits. And since you listen to podcasts and most likely do a lot of that listening on headphones... Our unrelated podcast suggestion of the week is brought to you by a great headphone company called Sudio, S-U-D-I-O. They make great quality wireless Bluetooth headphones, which, by the way, if you're still using headphones that you have to physically plug into your phone, you're nuts. (laughs) I was a holdout for a long time. I don't know why. I finally got uh, Bluetooth uh, earbuds a few months ago. But anyway, my first set of wireless earbud headphones were super convenient, but the sound quality was not so great. Uh, These Sudio headphones uh, sound amazing. It's a shame that over the last couple of years, uh, or the last couple of decades, really, we've been increasingly sacrificing sound quality for convenience. And these headphones, uh, the Studio headphones, sound great, and they even look great. Uh, I'm wearing the Studio Regent model right now. As I record this, they're over the ear, and uh, they make the uh, earbud style in-ear as well. And they're really nice and light. They come with an aux cord, so you can actually plug them in if you like, which uh, I do here in the studio. but what I'm saying is... Off my phone, it's wireless and uh, I love wearing them when commuting or doing other stuff around the house or whatever. Can't wait to bring them on my next uh, trip. Hopefully, uh, we'll get another trip in pretty soon and industry trip, trip that is. So, like I said, there's also a wireless earbud style. And if you use my coupon code Bartender Journey without any space, you can get 15% off any model. Go to Studio Sweden, yes, they're made in Sweden, and uh, so it's S U D I O sweden.com and uh you can use that bartender journey code and get 15% off or you can go to bartenderjourney.net and we'll have a uh link over to it but either way make sure you use that bartender journey for 15% off and to show your support for bartender journey podcast. So our unrelated podcast suggestion of the week is Showcase from Radiotopia. It's a new podcast, and it's uh, it's a, it's a short-run—how <laughs> do I explain this? There, there's different series. So the first series was uh, six episodes called Ways of Hearing, which was really interesting. Uh, it's about listening in the digital age from musician Damon Krakowski. And a uh, great, interesting podcast, really super well-produced. And it's about the transition from analog to digital audio. So it's sort of relates to what I was talking about, how uh, we've been trading uh, the convenience for sound quality, among other things. Uh, so it's a fascinating discussion, and X, it's just so well produced, and I, I really hope you'll enjoy it. I, th- I think you will. It's a limited run series, so like I said, it's uh, six episodes, and then I'll t- totally switch to s- something else. I don't know what. The, the sixth episode just came out uh, as I record this, so uh, I'm not sure what the next six are going to be about, but th- I really found uh, that series ways of hearing really interesting uh hope you want to check that out hey if you have a suggestion for our unrelated podcast suggestion of the week i'd love to hear it maybe you have a podcast that you love to listen to and uh you can turn me on to it and everybody else so uh send me an email at brian at bartenderjourney.net with podcast suggestion in the subject line that would be great Oh, hey, I was a guest on another podcast. As you may know, I bartended a private club, and I was recently featured on the podcast called Private Club Radio. If you're interested in hearing me on another podcast, or happen to work in a private club, or, or interested to know more about them, check out Private Club Radio. And we'll have a link to my episode of that on the uh, show notes on bartenderjourney.net. If you're a bar or a restaurant owner or a manager, this week on our resource page, we have a link to a couple articles about insurance. Not the sexiest of topics, but definitely an important and necessary one. You can learn about general liability insurance, business property insurance, and workers' comp. There's some links and resources there that hopefully will help you out. And here's some legalese. This article is posted not as an endorsement and is for informational purposes only. Rules may vary by jurisdiction. Find that at bartenderjourney.net slash resources. Oh boy, here we go again with the Tales of the Cocktail drama. If you remember back in March 2017, there was a huge uproar in the cocktail community uh, about a picture of Anne Tooneman, founder of Tales of the Cocktail. Uh, she was, uh, she repeated an insensitive remark made by her husband, Paul Tooneman, and in the photo, and was wearing blackface. It's, a, it's an old Mardi Gras tradition, and I won't get into those de- details, but I did cover all of this very thoroughly back in episode number 203, and we'll have a link back to that in the show notes, or you can search back in the feed for the episode called Diversity, Awareness, and Some Turmoil in the Cocktail World. So shortly after all this happened uh, in the spring of 2017, Paul stepped down from his position at Tales of the Cocktail. Tails also formed a diversity council, and uh, which, according to the Tails of the Cocktail website, quote, This council, composed of professionals from across the industry and outside of the industry, will work towards implementing progressive initiatives and monitoring their progress over time. This process will be completely transparent, and each initiative will be documented and made viewable to the public, end quote. Well, Paul didn't attend Tales this year, as far as I could tell, and the fifteenth Tales of the Cocktail was awesome as always, and it was feeling like the healing was beginning. Then last week, September twenty second, two thousand seventeen, the website Neat Poor broke the story that Paul would be returning to the to, to the Tales organization and announced this to the Diversity Council in an email. The council was not consulted at all, and in fact, the Diversity Council co-chair, Colin Asser-Apaya, publicly resigned his post immediately. There was an uproar, lots of Facebook posts, people were pissed off again. Our friend Jackie Summer, member of USBG New York and proprietor of Sorrel Artisanal Liqueur, sits on the Diversity Council. He posted a very detailed note late Friday night, Saturday morning, that begins, quote, Time for some facts. Hopefully this will add some clarity, end quote. I won't read the entire post, but it's clear that Paul's reinstatement just seven months after the original incident was very disturbing to the diversity council as well as to the community as a whole. Later in Jackie's post, he wrote, quote, While I consider whether or not to continue my own future involvement, my concern is that this sequence of actions may prove more divisive than the incident itself, End quote. As I said, this happened uh, last Friday as I record this September 22nd, 2017. One day later, on Saturday evening, 9-23-17, the following email press release was sent out to the press and the others. Quote, Tales of the Cocktail co-founders step down. Co-founders Ann and Paul Tuneman will be transitioning away from their roles in producing the world-renowned cocktail event, Tales of the Cocktail, effective immediately. Melissa Young, who served as director of operations for the past nine years, will assume the reins of the operating company behind the event, Mojo 911 LLC, as president. End quote. The press release goes on with a quote from Ann and says, quote, Our goal has always been to create something lasting that can benefit the industry and the people of New Orleans well beyond our years. This allows that to continue, end quote. We'll have a link up to the full press release on the the bartenderjourney.net website. So congrats and best of luck to Melissa Young. She's a super nice and smart lady, and it'll be very interesting to see what the future brings for Tales of the Cocktail as the baton is passed to the next generation. Hopefully the diversity council uh, hangs in there and continues to do great work. All right, let's listen in on Hazel's evening in New Haven as she speaks with Dan Reck, beverage director for Fork Hospitality.
2: All right, here we are with Bartender Journeys, uh, Bartender Spotlight Series on New Haven, and we're here with Dan Reck of New Haven. I just also have to add to this interview that he's wearing an awesome like Captain America uh, 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 shirt that I'm totally gonna take a picture of at the end of this interview because I think that's just <laughs> awesome.
3: Right. Yeah, um, yeah, I try to I try to dress like a professionally, but with a you know a. a yeah. I always tell everybody I take what I do seriously, but not myself. Kind of thing, you know. Like I, I if I'm not having fun, then you know, why bother? Okay.
2: Um, and like, so what do you so want the uh, bartender joining the community to know about? I Think
3: that if you if you if you're really hungry enough and you want to do this, um, if you really want to do this, there are resources for you available. You just you might have to go find them a little bit, but there are people that want to grow the next generation. They want, you know, like I was saying before, when you go to New York City, you can go to a decent cock, like a real like a good cocktail bar and get a really good drink like on every other block. You know, like there's some places like the city's my favorite place to go. Um, one of my biggest uh, inspirations, if you will, or one of my most frequented places when I was an enthusiast and when I was trying to learn was the Dead Rabbit oh yeah yeah you know so like I,
2: have I, you been to Blacktail
3: oh yeah I was yeah. Um, Jesse their bar manager is oh, yeah. uh, he's a good friend of mine I oh, spent oh, yeah. a couple of nights on his couch <laughs> in oh. the city <laughs> sometimes you hit that point where we're uh, not going to catch that last train back and I'm not uh, driving did yeah. you anymore. get
2: holidayed yeah.
3: oh I've holidayed. been holidayed have uh, been holidayed I got holidayed this past Wednesday yes oh nice <laughs> Yeah, Um, no, but like we there are certain people that really care about this and that really really want to teach people I love teaching people um, What we do and I'm always open for you know questions meeting people new friends and doing events Um, And another great resource is uh, the USBG in the country, uh, I'm actually the secretary for the state, and uh, that's something else that we try to focus on very heavily is just education. Like if you if you sign up for the USBG, at least once a month, if not more, we have. Uh, meetings. By the
2: way, the USBG is not paying us to say that. I just need to throw that in there.
3: Yes, yes, no, it's no. We're not paying anybody. We're a nonprofit organization. Yeah. We can't pay you. Um, no, but we try to partner with with um, different uh, spirit brands then they sponsor you know, either like a happy hour or a tasting or a seminar uh, like one of our girls today Jess came from um, uh, the CRT oh, certification the Patron course, The Patron certification yes. course
2: which by the way I will say that I was kindly invited to but um, I was not going to make a 9am class yeah. coming from it that, that was not happening so. <laughs> yeah no
3: yeah. Um, and that's not USBG driven but we try to do yeah. some stuff like that just on a slightly smaller scale uh, as frequently as we can so there are there are people that do want to help, but you got to want it, you yeah. Yeah. know, yeah. it's not, it's not an industry for the faint of heart, let's okay. put it that way.
2: So, say the last thing is, what's the biggest thing having transitioned pretty much to different positions, and now you're like in the management position, that maybe you might want to either share with other managers or share with people in terms of like going to their careers and transitioning from
3: just being a bartender to being a manager uh well first off if you're if you're when you hit a certain point behind the bar you're already kind of like a i don't want to say a natural leader but you're, you've already become a leader of some form yeah. because not only do you have to guide more people like You have more people in front of you that you're taking care of, that you have to um, steer in one way or one direction or another for, like, your menu or for drinks and such. But you also have to, you know, we help servers here. We educate that staff. Everybody behind the bar has to work together as a team for us to run smoothly because the bar is more fast-paced than the or other parts of the restaurant. Um, But that being said, being, being a leader is only half of it. You have to also... You have to not be afraid to ask for help yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. uh, like me, I've always been kind of like a bit of a like a, a numbers nerd, and I've always wanted to figure out how to balance out and do cost-like analysis, um, yeah. uh, cost of goods sold versus, yeah. you know, all, all the, the back-end stuff. Um, like I've always been like intrigued by that, so that kind of helped me along. Uh, I have to say, just changing roles—you just have to. You have to a ask for help, know when to ask for help, and b um, take yourself out of the spotlight sometimes. Like, you know, like I'm, you're just it might as be likely, hard
2: for some bartenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be hard.
3: You're just as likely to find me clearing plates off the bar for somebody, or like today I was on the floor managing and we had a pretty decent lunch, and I was. I was making drinks for our, our one bartender that was taking the tables in the dining room. And I wasn't the face at that point. I was just making sure everything went smooth. You know, taking a step back and realizing what's for the greater good of the restaurant uh, mm-hmm. versus what's for the greater good of the tip bucket or just the bar uh, okay. is, is also a good part of it. That's okay. something that uh you know, I interviewed Tim too, right? Yes, I Yeah, yeah, am. yeah. So and it, that's and that's something that you'll see when you go there. You know, anytime I ever I Tim's bar is literally across the street from our other bar. And it's probably like my number Which
2: one place. We may also probably stop by? Yes. Yeah.
3: Um, it's like my number one place to go when I'm off of work or I'd get out, like just to say hi, hang out with him, have like a beer. Um,
2: that's actually, it's, I, I've seen that on a lot of sites. It's a very popular article question, like, where do bartenders go when they're off yeah. work? Yeah,
3: of like. um, yeah, bartenders or industry people, like, we go wherever we have friends. <laughs> and that's, that's usually, that's usually like, anywhere. Like, I'll, you'll find me at Irish pub up the street, Trinity, or you'll find me across the street at Ordinary. You so, know, like, it's, there's two totally ends of the spectrum that... Have just an equal amount of attention or an equal amount of love, I should say. Um, But yeah, anytime I'm over at like Ordinary and Tim's there, he's either on the service bar, he's you know, greeting somebody at the door or helping the server if they have a question. I think it's yeah.
2: Oh, so wrap this up and if you're definitely in New Haven I would definitely look Dan up and these are yummy cocktails they did not pay me to say that either. Um, Yummy delicious food as well. Um, So thanks. So we are here at the second bar called The Ordinary, which is nothing but Ordinary. When you walk through the doors and see the uh, 1800s dark wood, my first thought was Masonic Lodge my second thought was steampunk art Um, and we are waiting on Tim to do a walk around interview with him Dan from earlier on was kind enough to walk us over here and currently I am enjoying one of their signature drinks to swag up featuring Rowan's Creek Bourbon Alessio Bianco Kina Arum sage citrus syrup rhubarb bitter topped with black hog swag, pink peppercorn, sage foam there was a high west private corporate event earlier in the awesome lodging looking back room and uh, some industry peeps that came in to say hello and uh, we're going to try to do a walking interview and hopefully the sound comes out okay Yeah. And find out Tim's thoughts about what's going on in New Haven and what his background is as bartender slash manager at large here at The Ordinary. All right and here we are with Tim Cabral of The Ordinary in New Haven we're gonna to try to do the walking tour. Say hi Tim. Hello. Okay and Tim is gonna start talking about himself or his bar whichever he feels like comfortable with as we are wa- literally some- walking around the bar. Start firing
0: questions first and then I'll roll because I'm not good at that.
2: Okay, alright. So uh, what's what's going on here with this, this bar? Where right. so
0: alright, a little history. Myself and I have three other partners around the bar. Um, there's a couple other brands involved, Casius is another local restaurant, and my other partner Mike owns Micro. Within that our family, also Black Hawk Brewing Company, Casey's Cheese Truck, and then we should have other things that's going on to the for bar. When we first opened, we felt that the history of our corner was very important, so we hired a historian to go back to the 1600s and do a timeline of our space and all of its different lives that it's had. So this is kind of a timeline that you can see on our website as well. From the 1600s up until we reopened. So it wraps around. Talking about all the different lives that it's had, the different people that have stayed here, different events that are very important to New Haven and to our country. Um, A lot has happened in New Haven. things that happened in New Haven. Declaration of War was signed on this corner when they then marched to D.C. to oh Wait, literally the, this corner? Literally this corner. This is where it was signed. I have, like, a document that they do a reenactment every year. And...
2: Where they sign it?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So we have, like, the one upstairs with the people who are part of the governor's foot guard where they actually are part of an army if things go wrong and all their governments, like, government and police departments and armies fail, they get... Call it a duty which is terrifying because they're a bunch of drunk old men. But uh, it is a thing, but they do a reenactment every year. Um, so this just kind of like tells a little story about New Haven, our corner, all the things that it was. The building was knocked down and rebuilt in the early 1900s. President Taft's brother built and owned this hotel, which was Taft Hotel that we're a part of. So we're right here. This is the bank. This is a more formal restaurant, which is now Roya. And these are all been converted to apartments. So this was a very predominant hotel of its time, where it was the first hotel in America that had air conditioning. Um ah, where really? President Taft's brother owning it, everybody would stop and stay here along the way, traveling from Boston to New York or wherever you were going. Um, you know, on this corner, well before that, Abe Lincoln, George Washington, um, Benjamin Frank, or, uh, Benedict Arnold, he was a local pharmacist that worked two streets down and lived down by the shore. He was oh, awesome, also really? a notorious smuggler. So he was uh, running yeah, from yeah. out of yeah. here, like up and down on his road from here to Boston. And then when he became a turncoat, it was mm-hmm. a problem that happened you know, His second wife, because his first wife passed away, and there was a whole, you know, you don't there. That all happened in here and then down in Fairfield County. There. So this just, you know, it kind of wraps around. This is one story below us. So where you no, were sitting okay. at the bar. This was the grand ballroom. This was a speakeasy during Prohibition.
2: Oh, nice. So,
0: Drinking didn't really stop in our area all that much. There was a very small task force that monitored Connecticut and Rhode Island as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it went underground for sure, but it definitely still happened. So drinking, gambling, dancing, all that continued here. This is the lobby, which is now the entrance to the apartment, which I'll show you in a second. It still has the same original Tiffany ceiling. And this is the restaurant that's now Roy. Um Over here, just a little snapshot of like some of the people that have stayed in the Taft Hotel.
2: Oh, nice.
0: Uh, Rude, Tad, Dean, Einstein, yeah, mm-hmm. and these are some photos of events that were being thrown in the basement, some really high-end galas that were going yeah. on down there. Like high-end basement parties going on oh, yeah. yeah. I'll
2: show you down there afterwards, yeah.
0: And then some photos of our space at different times, and then when we took it over and we were bringing it back to life. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, this is pretty awesome. For the people that matter, I am a short person and can read these things. <laughs> it's very important.
0: So back
2: to yeah. Going up the stairs now. Wow. Yeah,
0: so this is the entrance to the old Taft Hotel, and now this is the Taft Apartments. So all right, we're,
2: we're going to see how taft, great I am at multitasking sign. here while you're talking. I'm going to try to take pictures. But this is all residential now. You this said, is all right?
0: residential now, yeah. And then okay. on the other side of that wall is now a restaurant called Roya, which they did a gorgeous... job.
2: What type park. of cuisine is French it? French
0: and Italian. The river separating the two. A very, very classic, very, very clean, very, very simple. Um, uses as many little forms as he can. He does a great job. I love what he puts out. And his spaces. It's like you were transformed back into the 50s. Oh, really? Yeah. When he ripped it up, he found a lot of like the old mosaic tilings, he found a lot of the original woodwork. Just to look at the space alone, is absolutely weird. That's the original sign to enter the Taft Tap Room.
2: Oh, right there, okay, cool.
0: cool. And then there's lots of like weird stories and things that are associated with it,
2: like ghost stories well, I'm or. I'm sure there is
0: like, that too. But like as you like so, this was a men's only bar until Yo went it. Okay. So at one time, women were only allowed a certain footage from a bar, so if mm-hmm. you came to the bottom of the staircase as a female, and this wall ended here, you could have turned and gone into the dining room, but they mm-hmm. extended the wall, so by the time a female got here, they weren't allowed in because they were too close to the bar. Oh. Yeah, which now you don't want a bar that females aren't going to, like, it just it But, I mean, this dates back hundred years ago. So, that moves to a shot in 1908. This you know bar, who
2: shot the moose? I do, and
0: I'm going to show you.
2: Oh, I was I was actually just so kind the of bar
0: before us. Making that up, Richter's, but you know, oh. Richters was a very famous bar, of like New rhymes
2: Haven.
0: with Richters, but for the R? <laughs> so Rick Elsler was him, and he had three partners. He was a crew coach at Yale. Yale's previous Yale student lived upstairs. Stumbled upon the space. For years, it was run down and just kind of left, and they were like collecting garbage in here. And him and his partners, they renovated it and brought it back to life, and they, it was called Richters. And it was one of the like. I think it's first ever beer bars, the happy hours you were seeing people drink out of earlier. They -hmm. would serve those and they were famous for it. So we serve it now during happy hour just as like a little homage to what Richter once was. And we brought Rick in to show him what we were doing because they were closed for about three years before he sold in the early 90s, and then it closed down three years before we opened up, so we brought him back in, just to show him that we were respecting the space and just restoring it and bringing it back to life, and he gave us that moose that is always hung, and this picture over
2: here,
0: that's Rick Elster's great-great-grandfather who shot that moose in 1908 on the main oh, okay. Canada border. So those two pictures are ours as long as we are in the bar, and we gave him the window fronts that had Richter's on in the window still, so okay. he took this home and then he gave us those two pieces as like as long as we're here, he appreciated so we that we kept it the way it is, and, no. know... Wait, so we done. kind
2: of had this weird discussion about this. Is, is that a Skype? Is that, that what that so is? So that's
0: part of an art show. So that is like, part
2: of the art show. Yeah, okay, so, like so that's part of the art here. show. Right. So we discussed this earlier, but I didn't record it, so we're going to discuss the art part. Like, so
0: once a month, once every other month, we have different artists help us make our space more interesting. So every month or so, different artists will show their pieces... And when doing so, they help raise money for a charity. We as a business don't take anything from when they sell things, but we ask that they pick a charity and that they donate a portion of it to that charity. And it's usually one that we're tied to. So it helps keep our space interesting and it helps us always be a part of the community. So we have a new show rolling in in the middle of next month. Mm-hmm. Um, we have certain pieces that stay all the time. Like okay. Ships behind the bar, okay. those will stay all the time. Really we'll
2: steam pirate. Like
0: he had a pirate ship that was coming out that was made entirely out of piano parts that was. Gorgeous, what are you doing uh, yeah, he's actually sold a bunch of work out of here, which is great. What
2: is the name of the artist?
0: Silas Finch.
2: Silas Finch. Oh, that that has such like a New England kind <laughs> of sound too. Like,
0: too. Um, yeah, so you know we're always our space itself. The woodworking is from the 1800s. They pulled it all out before they knocked the building down, and then when they rebuilt the hotel, they put it all back in. Mm-hmm. So the bar you're sat at, all the ornate carved pieces there and there, those are all from the 1850s. So we wanted to make sure that we restored it. We brought it back to life and no one just tore it down so it took us almost nine months to have the, the woodworkers restore the wood and bring it back to life but uh, we're all from here so we wanted to make sure that the history was kept and somebody didn't tear it down and do something different with it yeah no this is
2: pretty awesome yeah. okay what else? so what are we doing next
0: um, do we
2: get to go downstairs yeah or? let
0: me get the keys I'm right back
2: yay All right. So little do you know, I will credit Don Littlefield from Maine for this one. When I put out on Facebook that I was going to New Haven for less than 24 hours, Don Littlefield specifically told me to come to the ordinary and, quote, if Tim is there, ask him to show you the basement. So uh, I'm going to stop this here, and then we're going to start the interview up again when he gets the keys. Or maybe he has the keys. Okay. So there's, there's no interruption in the recording. In here. Also, it should be noted that since I talked about uh, Dan's shirt, you know, Tim has a shirt featuring Dead Rabbit on it. I just noticed that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking about Dan's uh, Captain America shirt And I'm like, oh that's so funny It's a rabbit, like the dead, dead rabbit. rabbit And dead then I was like, wait, yeah, dead dog. rabbit okay. Well this
0: is a collaboration shirt Dead rabbit in New York, I would say A trick dog in California Met in Colorado and threw
2: a pop-up So that's ah, nice. the
0: pop. Ooh, wow. So where we're going now This is one level below the bar This is where the speakeasy was You can check out let's not do it so, this is where the actual speakeasy was. It goes down two more stories below here. Um, the floor below is the lowest building renovated, but this one we can't do anything with. But this is all built in the early 1900s. So,
2: you um, can't do anything, bless okay. you, you can't do anything here with it. You kind of no. have it as like a cool kind of thing to uh, have. I mean, like- I
0: would love to. There's so many hurdles. One, the amount of money that it would take. And the biggest one is uh, egress, regress, having a secondary exit entrance. We can't really figure out a way to get around that. There's nowhere to pop up that.
2: OK, I'm not sure what that is for um, for, for the rest of us codes. that does it. Oh, for the oh, fire codes. You for the have to have codes. a secondary
0: exit. Like, you can't just have one way in and out. You have to have another one, and there isn't. And uh, there's nowhere for us to pop okay. out, because it's sidewalk and street. And so there's no way for us to get around that. That's probably the biggest hurdle. But... So I feel
2: that's... like people in Connecticut are too nice to suddenly do, like, random raves. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> OK. A lot of things have happened
2: down here. That was just a thought, people, not that that's actually happening or anyone's responsible for that for legal purposes.
0: Right, and never, we never did. Um, down here, during the time of the hotel, these were all storefronts. So that, like, it had all the amenities, so you wouldn't have to even go outside. So when politicians, famous people that came to town, they could travel throughout the city underground. There's tunnels connecting you to different parts of the city. And within here, there was a shoemaker, a dressmaker, a barbershop.
3: Um, oh, all different yeah. types of stores.
0: The ballroom where drinking went on and bands were playing. You can get then, there was another speakeasy across the street called the Mermaid Room. Oh, and right there was that. another. There's a theater across the street that you'd be able to get to and go to the theater underground and never have to go outside. Um, as well as getting a couple blocks in different directions.
2: Is not that your second egress?
0: No, nah, that goes to the apartments. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be secondary outside. That goes like through.
2: literally straight outside, yeah. right? That's what you need to do. Yeah.
0: And a lot of these are closed off, caved off, closed caved in and that kind of stuff.
2: What about the graffiti? Where's that
0: from? During the 80s, the last time this place was just anything was going on down here it was a pool hall in the 80s. <laughs> and who knows? Of course it was. Of this happened. But they changed the fire codes and the laws and it was never able to get around that. But this is the creepiest room. I think it's the creepiest room. I think it's the creepiest room. bathrooms are always creepy.
2: Ooh. So this is a combination, like <laughs> it's not Stephen King enough, but this is definitely like video so, creepy crap. video game. What, yeah. what's the video Half-life game? Too. What's yeah. the video game with like the, the nurses that have no faces?
0: Oh yeah.
2: Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like no,
0: you, I'm telling you, this is right out of Half Life Two, this this bathroom right here. <laughs> there was exactly a scene just for that.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, so that's
0: amazing. They actually renovated the floor below this. It's storage units, a gym, a rec room for the apartments above us.
2: So are, do are you are you friends with Don? Do you know Don? Cuz he was the one that specifically told me to make when when I when I threw out the call out on on Facebook like okay people from across the different like <laughs> I was like bar Hive, across the United States where should I go? He That's called yeah. out your bar specifically and yeah, you yeah. it was like this is who you need to look for <laughs> asking I was like okay. Yeah,
0: I mean we have a great community and it's very very it's been very very welcoming and some years back I started traveling around more throughout the states and going into other people's markets. And it blew me away on how welcoming it was. Probably about five years ago was the first time I kind of took a blind trip. I did a Seattle to San Diego bar crawl.
2: Oh, nice. I love San Diego. And uh,
0: the whole thing was amazing. And at the time, how did you,
2: how did you travel? Did you drive? I flew into
0: to Seattle and drove down and then flew out of San Diego.
2: Oh, So every nice. year I try That's to take nice try. at least
0: one big bar trip. Um, and people that I like, had never met would take the day off from work and like show me around their city, and like offer like couches for me to crash on, and all this amazing stuff that it really like blew me away. So from there, I started trying to get in as involved as I could with what goes on in our area and the areas outside of here, and started doing much more of the bar activities, barns to run amok, tails, chain cams, uh, anything that I could be a part of. I, Just try it, and I love what our industry is. And now my doors are always open to host anybody who wants to come in or play behind the bar. And we've done a lot of like cross country takeovers and stuff.
2: That's
1: awesome. All right, stand by for our toast. We always do a toast at the very end of the show. But first, I'll remind you, I'm Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. I hope you're subscribed so you get every new show as soon as it becomes available. Follow me on uh, Instagram at Bartender Journey, or uh, and/or go over to Facebook and find the Bartender Journey page and like it, like that page. All right, here's our toast. May we get what we want, may we get what we need, but may we never get what we deserve. Cheers, we'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast.